0: Welcome into ATL Day 1s with Jarvis and Tanitra coming up on today's show. I know the Hawks took a nail last night, but this seemed a little different. And the Falcons
1: were able to shore up one guy in the trenches, but will today give us some insight, and if they go after, another one.
0: And last but not least, and for the culture, Byron and Tyler are doing what? That's all coming up next right here on ATL Day 1s. Let's go.
1: This is ATL Day 1s part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now.
0: I want to start off by saying thank you for making ATL Day 1s your first listen of the day. And remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast and wherever you download your podcast. Make sure that you leave us a five-star review. Really appreciate that from you in advance. And today's episode of ATL Day 1s is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. But T, when you think about last night, the Hawks take the L to the Miami Heat. 130, the 128, DeJounte Murray makes the score a little bit closer than what it actually was um, at the end of the game it actually covered a point spread if you're into that type of thing Um, (laughs) last night in Miami. But I think one of the things that we've all gotten used to, T, is the fact that the Atlanta Hawks will lose a lead and as, as soon as they, they, if it's not attached to them, they're going to lose it. And we know you can't attach leads to, to um, human beings in an the, in the NBA game. So that's what's going to happen when the Hawks, when you talk about get, going up and, and getting off to a good start. But the Heat end up coming back and then doing what they do. But I think for me, this game seems just a little tad different because when in those comebacks with the Hawks in the past, you kind of see them kind of just tinkle it away and then they're, they're never kind of like they're out of it for the rest of the game and then they kind of limp to the finish line and then end up losing by just as much as they were winning, winning by. But I think last night, though, you saw the fight. You saw a little scrappiness. You saw what we've been pointing out as far as what we like to see is Sadiq Bey. he's Those guys just coming out there and coming through for the team when you need them. You saw Trey Young towards the end as well, coming up with some big plays with the active hands and hitting that long three-pointer. So I just think for me, T, I I think, true enough, it sucks that the fact that they gave up another lead, but I think they're starting to look a little different. And I think these baby steps are are really key in Quinn Snyder's uh, um, 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 foray towards the end of the season.
1: They are, but I'll ask the key to what. And that question, Mm. I think, is looming large because I agree with you. Once again, Bench Mob came up big. I'm going to give them their title back because they are earning the title again, right? Indeed. Especially the newest addition, Sadiq Bay, as you right. mentioned. As far as Bogdan Bogdanovich was still solid last night. Got a little bit from Double O, uh, Jalen Johnson, not so much, but hey, he was in there banging when he could. We right. appreciate that. Just need him to stop getting in foul trouble when he has the opportunity to be out there. But I think you do mentioned something that's important which is yeah the Hawks had that runaway first quarter 43 points in the first quarter were up by 15 and then kind of slowly but surely you saw the heat do what they do they chipped away especially Mm -hmm. the third quarter that's where they kind of that's their bread and butter and they were able to hold the Hawks actually they kind of started that in the second quarter with the 25 points and then kind of continued it in the third right right That said, there was one area where I was paying attention because Coach Quinn Snyder had called it out, right? He wanted to see his backcourt get a little more active defensively, especially on the boards. They didn't quite get there last night, so they've got to kind of step that up. But at least, to your point, DeJounte Murray and Trey Young were consistent from the field, and they weren't just heaving up threes, or it wasn't just at the end of the game the Hogs were out of gas. No, until 25 seconds left, and Caleb Martin decided – to commit a crime in picking (laughs) off Trey Young. That game was still very much in hand. But I still say I agree with you. Still feels different even in these three losses in these last four games. But what does it really mean?
0: Yeah. And and I think what it means is the fact that, hey, here's who they have coming up next. They're going to have to uh, cleanse themselves of this loss this season um, Series lost to the Miami Heat And we know that That seventh seed Is probably going to be ugly Unless the Miami Heat Just go on a, They just lose themselves Or somebody gets hurt you know, Or one of their main players Get hurt Um, I And I think that You know Miami Heat Don't have to worry about The Hawks um, c- Creeping up on them But I think the, the most important thing Is these next three games the Washington, You got two against The Washington Wizards And you know You got Boston at the crib <clears throat> um, I ain't going to even talk about you know, the, uh, that, that game. I'm going to leave that one alone. Yeah. But this Washington Wizards. Although they're Wizards,
1: swooning, so he had yeah. that, you know, they he lost three straight, yeah, so, three straight yeah. so yeah. So
0: the, I, I, I get that part of it. But I think you got to take care of these cats that's coming yes. up on your behind. And that's yes. the Washington Wizards. And now, when, when you think about these two games, you have to go on the road. And they haven't been playing well on the road lately. So right. this is a game that they're going to have to say, you know what? Here's the answer to that question that you just asked. We gotta win, <laughs> like, like they need dubs and they need dubs fast and, and furious. And when you think about what those what those rotations may look like with Quinn Snyder is uh, coming up, you start to see some of those things play out. Now John got into a little foul trouble, but I think more than likely those minutes probably would look the same if he wasn't in foul trouble. Uh, mm-hmm. When you think of, when you think about it and and, and and those and that's the thing like with 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 J C as far as the rebounding standpoint, right? Like like you can't be <laughs> you can't be in a game like that and what you end up with what two rebounds yeah. uh for the entire game. That yeah. It, it just you just can't do that. that and that's, you're, you're that's being acceptable. Nice. That's he really unacceptable. Had,
1: he had won. One. Yeah, one. One. Yeah,
0: you're being see, nice. See, <laughs> I was being given. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I'm, I'm trying Don't. to work on my J C hate, I nope. guess if people wanna call it. They if but, they wanna
1: right, which people <laughs> Please, Jarvis has no hateration <laughs> in his heart for John Collins, but he's going to call a spade that spade that spade. And yeah. that's just the truth of the matter. Because to your point, Jarvis, when you start looking down that schedule, and again, you look at the immediate, which, like you mentioned, you essentially have uh, two back to backs in DC. And we saw what the Wizards were able to do on the Hawks home court just last Mm -hmm. week. So now you're going to go to the district and you're in desperate need of taking at least one, if not both of those games. And like you said, then they've got the Celtics, then they've got the wolves and they're both, the wolves at least are playing solid. The Celtics are having a little bit of a swoon, which you, you you made a great point. You can't count on that. And you also can't count on the Warriors not doing their job because Steph Curry is back. Right. So you just look down the schedule and you're like, okay, there's the Spurs. Okay. You can check that box. Maybe Uh, you see the Pistons. You hope you can check that box. And then it becomes, Wolves, Pacers, Grizzlies, they could or could not be without John Morant, but they are about a 500 team without him, so it doesn't mean you're going to automatically get that win. You got the Cavs, yet again, the Nets are surprising, folks. Mavs, Bulls, I mean, there's really one or two easy games in there, and then you go back, the Wizards come back here, and then you got the Sixers and Celtics. I mean, the question really just becomes Jarvis, and, and again, with seven teams games left, it just makes me wonder, okay, Do we just need to completely and totally dead the conversation about the playoffs? I think we should, because I don't Mm. see where where you're going to get enough wins in those 17 games to talk playoffs. I think you better just relegate yourself to either play in or be perfectly okay with this being an audition situation where individuals are making the case to come back to this team next season. And I'll be honest with you, with 17 games left, I'm okay with either one of those scenarios because I do believe and I'm going to hinge my hat and hang my hat on. Quinn Snyder is going to do more than just be coaching on the sidelines come this off season, He's going to have a seat at that table about what this team is going to look like next season to be a contender.
0: Absolutely. Uh, um, when um, David, um, David Locke, you know, who, who's the play by play guy for the radio um, radio broadcast, he joined John Chuck. And that was, that was the one thing that he know he's very, has a very close relationship with Quinn and said, Hey, this dude, hundred percent wants to be able to, you know, have some say so and who he's coaching out there. And I yes. think that way this roster is constructed, the way we see these games, these last few games play out, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I'm all I'm all for that. Sign yeah, me up. Same. Because I, I need a different set of eyes on on, mm-hmm. on what this roster actually is. And I think that, you know, you get tired of seeing the same old, same old and, and I'm I'm with you. I'm right along with you T if they don't make the playoffs or they somehow just just lose it towards the end i'm perfectly fine with that i'm so fine with that because at the end of the day i don't want to get my hopes up for a playing game and and then they get on a little run toward a few few games before the season is out. And, yes. and they get all my hopes up, get me lathered right. up. And then next thing you know, they come out and they, they poop the bed. I don't wanna see that. Or yeah. get swept out of the first round yeah. of the playoffs against the, the um Milwaukee Bucks or the Boston Celtics. Or yeah. what, what have you. So, or get yeah.
1: one game and you know in your heart of hearts, yeah, that's the only game they're gonna get yeah, out that's, of the game. That's the gimme. Yeah, series. that's the gimme. <laughs>
0: yeah. 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 So yeah, it's I, I'm with you. I, I'm, I'm with you. I appreciate you. You know, uh, let me lay on the couch because I'm perfectly fine with these guys just playing themselves out. Like, just let it play out. Play it out. Yes. Go hard. But if it yes. ends up to a point where you're out of the play in and out of the playoffs uh, scenario, that is perfectly fine. Yeah. And hey, let's figure it out for next year because that's where yes. I'm at right now with it. So, when, speaking of, T, you know, mm-hmm. the Falcons are figuring out where they are. And yeah. they just re-signed Lorenzo Carter. They got to figure out what they're going to do with Caleb McGarry. Ooh, we're going to talk about all that next. But first, we got to talk about FanDuel.com slash locked on. If you haven't gone to that website, what's that website, Jarvis? FanDuel.com slash locked on. Were you listening? Yes, this is the number one sports book in America because guess what? They have some uh, really cool things for the new customers. What they have for you is they have a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. If you took that, that L last night it went on that two and a half or, or you actually betted the two and a half that the Hawks were going to cover, you made some money. You know where you can yeah. get all this information from? That's Fandu.com slash locked on. So it's down, you can download the app. And it's safe, secure, and it's super easy to use. They don't share all your information all over the place. No, they don't do that. They got everything nope. right there just <laughs> for you. And you can bet on everything from the money line, the point scores, and threes drained. Y'all know who you can bet on with the threes drained? Uh, Sadiq Bay. Go ahead and bet on <laughs> Sadiq Bay. <laughs> that's that's the guy who's shooting by a 60% clip from three. So yeah, make sure you go check that out and go win you some money because that's what it's all about. Plus, they even let you combine your best for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So here's what you do. Don't miss your chance to get the no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. To learn more, make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Indeed, indeed. So if you were somebody who was betting –
1: that the NFL would reinstate Calvin Ridley well you got your bet right because Calvin Ridley was indeed reinstated so that means the Falcons get the Jaguars fifth round pick this year it's always good as many picks as you can get in those late rounds when you're dealing with someone like Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith making the decisions and you have a success story like Tyler Algier it's still a good look they can also get a conditional 2024 pick That would be a fourth rounder. And then, of course, depending on how things play out with Calvin Ridley, this 2023 season with the Jaguars, it could end up being a 2024 third rounder. If he signs an extension, it'll be a second rounder. Advantage Falcons all day, every day with that. I think it's going to work out and be a win-win for both sides. The Jags, Trevor Lawrence will have another weapon in Calvin Ridley. And with all of the assets that the Falcons were able to pile up, right? So Calvin Ridley is back. And here's the question I, I would have for those of us who kind of look at things like Jarvis, like you and I do. We don't really mm-hmm. just look at it from a sports perspective and a numbers perspective, because when we meet a player or we cover a player, we may learn more about how that person operates. And I can remember him being the guy who was so humbled when he yeah. was selected as captain. I remember asking him how he felt about being a captain. You asked him about that as well. And he was very humble, very appreciative about the opportunity and took it very, very seriously. So that's the guy. And that guy who whose face lit up when you talked about him catching balls out of jugs for hours, that's yeah. the guy that I'm gonna root for. Yeah, The guy who made the very, very poor decision that got him booted out of the league for a year, hopefully, That guy's gone. Hopefully, as I believe this is his statement uh, or or rather the statement from the Jaguars, they're saying, hey, today's reinstatement by the NFL brings an end to a challenging chapter of his professional career. That's the statement from Calvin rather that the Jaguars released. He says, I've always owned my mistakes and this is no different. I look forward to showing my new coaches and team exactly who I am. So, you know what, Jarvis, I'm going to take him at his word and I'm going to definitely be looking out and rooting for Calvin Ridley.
0: Me too. because when you think about like, like you said, being clo- covering Cal like this, and you know, yeah. being so close when he got, got drafted in, and I remember that day t yeah. vividly. When right when like right before they got ready to go to London, mm-hmm. and I asked them, I was I asked them a question as far as what um, something that Arthur Smith had said, and yes. you just I just saw the look on his face, and it was just like something wasn't right. Like you know, how you look at somebody and you're like, I uh, see ain't yeah. there today yeah it, it just yeah. wasn't it just wasn't right and then maybe a day later less than 24 hours later they were announcing that he wasn't going to uh traveling with the team that the next couple of days and I'm just like man what is going on so and of course as we you know talking to different folks within the organization mm-hmm. and yes. folks outside of the organization mm-hmm. and close to the situation was like hey mm-hmm. this is what going down and, and when yeah. you find those things out it's just like man it's just a one thing after another, then you mm-hmm. hear about the gambling piece, and it was yes. just like a it yes. was like a snowball effect, and, mm-hmm. and and I think that with all that being said, I really, really am really rooting for this guy. Not necessarily yeah. for the whole assets piece; that's a whole other thing. But I think right. just from as a as a man, as a person, as a father, uh, I think that I'm rooting for Cal to go get back get back on that get back on that um on that on on, on that ride that we call life. And say, hey, right. man, I'm gonna continue and do my thing and I'm gonna get paid and get and get another contract so I can be able to make a living, be able to take care of my family. So that's kind of where I am with, with Cal. Mm-hmm. I I really hope that everything works out for him down there. And he's in down he, back at the crib being in Florida. So, you know, hey, you know, what can what can go wrong? I think I yeah. think I think this is a perfect place for Cal. And I think that mm-hmm. Terry Farno and Arthur Smith worked out a really solid deal um yes. in order to, you know, be able to get some compensation for a very talented player.
1: And I think that's a great point, too, because Arthur Smith in particular, I can remember him being very respectfully protective of Calvin Ridley in that situation. That could have gone sideways with a whole lot of coaches and a whole lot of organizations. So give Arthur Smith, Terry Fontenot, Arthur Blank and company a whole lot of credit for trying their best to protect this guy, knowing. What was really going on, both yeah. mentally and then with the mistake that he made in that in that gambling space and putting him in a space where they could have sent him out to NFL Siberia if they felt like, hey, man, Indeed. we'll send you to the Texans. But right. they sent him to a quality squad that's in contention and will be in contention for a number of years to come. I thought that was a solid look as well. And that, to me, Falcons fans, you should be rooting for Calvin Ridley because there's something in him. That Arthur Smith said, "Hey, while you probably won't fit here anymore, that day has probably come and gone. There's still quality left in you as a person and as a player, so we're going to set you up for success. So I think that's a great thing as well. And I think that the Falcons will handle Calvin, uh, excuse me, Caleb McGarry that same way. I think yeah. that they made." a very valid point last year when they said, no, we're not picking up your fifth year option. We haven't seen any reason to do so. We'll make you step up to the plate and then we're going to sit down at the table and decide. So whether that is going to be an exclusive tag that we might hear about today, a non-exclusive tag or whatever the case may be, by four o'clock, we're going to know something one way or the other. We already know about Lorenzo Carter. We know that he's coming back for a couple of years and we'll talk about that in a second. But for Caleb McGarry, this one will be intriguing because not only is it a question of whether they'll put a tag on Caleb McGarry but Jarvis if so or if you think so what kind of tag might that be wow um
0: for me i, I really feel like i feel like the falcons want to re sign him in some capacity the yes. <laughs> reason Agreed. reason why i put that caveat on it is because i don't think yeah. they want to pay him 18 million dollars a year or Agreed. 17 year. you know what i mean so because yes. at the end, end of the day that's why these negotiations get a little weird at from time to time because like we only got one year of solid play, or excellent mm-hmm. play from from a run blocking standpoint, right? You yeah. know, we also people like want to tend to forget about you know the passing game and, and the type of scheme that Arthur Smith runs. Like he didn't put his offensive lineman in bad bad situations this exactly. year exactly because he was able to run the football. You know, now, mm-hmm. we, now we go backtrack when when Matt Ryan was here when they were throwing the ball a lot more than what they were doing when Marcus Mariota was on the center, Caleb McGarry got exposed. And that has been his knock ever since mm-hmm. he came into the league. Yes. Before he even stepped foot in the league and got drafted, yes. people said he has issues with edge rushes or speed rushers. He has issues with the speed rushes. And when that continues to remain the same every year, I get concerned. That's mm-hmm. a red flag for me. <laughs> and, yeah. and, then, and then when you yeah. get yourself to a space where, hey, you, you elevate your run blocking you know, to a to a whole another level, and being one of the better run blocking uh, right tackles in the league. Right, but you still struggle with, you know, those speed rushes. T. That's just something that I have to. I can't. I can't. I can't leave that. I, I don't know. I can't leave that behind in negotiations when when it comes to whether or not you want to be a, a top ten guy or and I top got a 15, for you or on top that, 15 a top fifteen paid guy. Yeah.
1: Right. And before you go on, I want to put a pause in it because I have a question for you. In your opinion, Jarvis, that's a great point. We're now moving into year five. And like mm-hmm. you said, that means we're now in year six or seven for that same knock. That same knock It's like, ah, I don't want to hear it again. So yeah. Jarvis, is this something in your opinion with um, you being a guy who, you know, obviously on the defensive side, but you were in the trenches where you see that there can ever be a enough of a sizable bump in that space to, to, to the point where... The Falcons should really consider him to be a prime O lineman, or is that something where they're just like, okay, that's just going to be a liability of his, and we'll just continue to build around him in that space because he's good enough against the
0: run. That's a, that's a really good question um, because here here's the thing: like you have to weigh it out when mm-hmm. okay, like I'm paying for a really good run blocking yes. right tackle, but right. I'm going when it's time to throw the football in today's game that's going to mm-hmm. be often <laughs> more than likely. Yeah. If and if you don't get your defensive uh situation uh, uh figured out, you're going to be in that situation a lot more this year as well with this a, a, a second year guy who's only started four games as right. Of right now as of today. True. So, being the way this this roster is currently constructed right now as of today, I can't make I can't take that risk and and and, and go out there and, and 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 make him a top ten paid uh right right tackle. I can't do that. Yeah. And if it's a matter of hey, I let him test the free uh the free agent market, see what's out there, see what type of offers he's getting, and mm-hmm. and if he comes back and gets that reality check, like hey man, uh well this team is only offering me this. Well we'll offer you a little bit more. We'll hey, hey, let's offer you twelve million dollars a year. You know, I'll be Mm -hmm. cool with that. I'm I'm calm with that. That's a nice, respectable contract. And that's a contract which which is a lot more than what you were going to get when they decide not to pick up your fifth-year option. So, I mean, I hate to be harsh like that, but that's Mm – at the end of the day, when it comes to negotiations Mm -hmm. and and, and long-term investment, right? we have to put the facts out on the table to (laughs) you. Yep. No, I appreciate that. That's
1: why I was asking you for your insight on that because it appears to me like that would put – the Falcons in sort of the driver's seat of the catbird seat because no offense, but that's kind of like 50%, 30%, 40% of your job. I'll say maybe even 30, 40% because we do know that the Falcons are, are run dominant, Right. but still that means about 40% of your job, your average at best so yeah I do still think that's also one of those situations where the Falcons are indeed in the driver's seat in that situation and I do think there are still some viable O-linemen whether you wanted to go to the draft or whether you want to go to free agency who could be dare we say it from a football perspective a two-way o lineman right Mm -hmm. now going back to the defensive side of the ball which Jarvis and I love to go to on this show so did you really think we were going to not talk defense and talk low carter reason being two jars remember a couple of weeks ago we had this conversation about some of those prove it year players and who were the ones that we wanted to kind of we we prioritized and we kind of were hoping that Rashawn Evans would be that one that they come out of the gates and say woohoo we'd like to keep you but low Carter is the one he actually has that two-year contract now so are the Falcons pretty set when you look across that linebacker core or do you think they need to obviously continue focusing on maybe re-signing Rashawn and maybe getting a little more help in linebacker.
0: Oh, wow. I mean, for, for me, though, I kind of – I mean, I know his position as an outside linebacker, but mm-hmm. I look at Lil Carter as a guy – let's just use him as an edge rusher. And, 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 and I think that mm. from an edge rushing standpoint – like, I feel like he's a guy that can be a, a solid rotational guy for you. Mm-hmm. Now, we don't, haven't got the details just yet on what his contract right. is going to be. I know it's just two years, but mm-hmm. just from a numerical standpoint, I think that I'm interested to see what that is because, you know, if, it, if you're talking about a guy who wasn't necessarily a, a guy who would remain healthy, he was able to mm-hmm. play 17 games for you. got yes. four sacks, which is – not great, but right. it is viable. It's serviceable. It's serviceable. Because right, didn't that you get you mean?
1: all the almost all the way to what they had the year before as an entire team?
0: All right. So so yeah, those are some of the things that you know I, I feel like. One of the, some of the reasons why I felt like it was good for the Falcons to bring on uh, low Carter back, and I think they want to continue to upgrade at that edge rusher spot because yeah. we know D'Angelo Malone probably might be standing up on first and second down, and third down, he's going to come in and put his hand in dirt or get in the two-point stands and, and rush the pass on third and long. So I think there's going to be a lot of versatility, a lot of moving parts as far as what their rotation looks like, and I will hope that low is not necessarily that starter guy, but a guy that can come in on third and down and rush, and don't have to worry about anything else. And I think that he he was pretty okay at that last year. So I uh, I think I uh, shout out to the Falcons for bringing it back, filling out their roster because that's what they need to do. A lot of people don't understand like they got a lot of spots to fill on their yes. roster, and they started off with Low Card and 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 to be honest with you, I I I congratulate them for for doing it.
1: Yeah, I I can appreciate that as well, making moves. And also, just to me, giving the fan base confidence that they are moving forward and that every day is a day of action for the Falcons. So we'll keep you posted. I know you guys saw me kind of look down at my phone. You saw Jarvis kind of looking down because we want to make sure that if there's any breaking news that you guys know about it, especially as we approach that deadline. But let's just be honest, Jarvis, the whole world, the whole world, the whole of NFL Kingdom It's really Lamar Jackson day. It's really happy Lamar Jackson day because that's what the world is looking at. And that's what Locked On Sports is checking out as well. So if you want to know about the major stories, uh, Aaron Rodgers is another one that everyone's looking at. Check out Locked On Sports Today because they've got that national news about all of these moving parts on this franchise tag deadline day. So don't forget, wherever you download your podcast, you definitely want to download Locked On Sports Today there. Of course, after you download ATL Day Ones and don't forget to check them out on YouTube, just like you check us out. And I know you love For the Culture. We're going to talk a little bit about that in a minute, but don't don't forget, they have their version, and it's called Take of the Day. So, Locked On Sports today, ATL Day Ones, sounds like a winner to me.
0: Absolutely. You know, what, you know what else sounds like a winner? If you guys yeah. go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Ooh. We're on our way to 6,000 subscribers. So, if, if you're listening or watching this, this podcast, make sure you go ahead and do that. Go ahead and join the family. Go ahead and get sit with the cool kids. It's all right. It's okay. And if you want to reach out to the program, ATLDayOnes at gmail.com. ATLD1s, day once at gmail.com is the way to get in contact with the show. But T, this is for the culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, the culture, and sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about because that's just how we get down on this show. Today is no different. How about that? The Tyler Perry, Byron Allen, oh, some heavy hitters, T. They are looking at purchasing a majority stake in BET. Whoa! What do you think that would mean for the culture? (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? But that
1: would be man. That's we we talk boss moves. Pun intended, by the
0: way. (laughs) Oh, most definitely, most definitely. You know,
1: when I think of BET, and no offense to a Bob Johnson or a Deborah Lee for what they were able to do. Bob Johnson, of course, building it from the ground up. Deborah Lee, kind of taking it to the next level. Mm -hmm. But for me, Jarvis, honestly, the only time I watch BET is when there's some award show. Like, I couldn't tell you a lick of programming that BET does, but I can tell you what TB1 does. The reason I say that is because TB1 has continued, and really that entire space that kathy hughes has created both radio and tv has continued yes. to evolve i haven't seen that evolution of bet in a very very long time and it could be because of who owns it i believe bicom still owns it and sometimes mm-hmm. when paramount, it's not paramount, something, Global, oh, paramount yeah. excuse me yes, that's right yeah. paramount paramount plus and bet bet plus and sometimes when it's not really at your heart it does not the content resonates as such i'll give yep. you a case in point essence founded by black people, for black people, an African-American male was at the helm of that. That was his vision. And for as long as it was in his hands and the hands of African-American women like Susan Taylor, it spoke to us. Once yes. it which was purchased by a larger entity, it just became a commercial piece of nothing. And we all tapped out yeah. on it. Yep. Once it got back into the right hands, now everyone's tapped back in because it represents and resonates with us. I think BET is going to need someone like Tyler Perry who can tell the story. I don't know much about Byron Allen. You know, some people have mixed reviews on kind of some of his yeah. content he's as it relates to a uh,
0: professional football team. You know, his yeah. name has been dropped in there from time to time, so to exactly. change, yes. yeah. right,
1: right. But we know that he has the the quantity of resources, but does he have the quality of commitment, the way say maybe most people feel about Tyler Perry and the fact that he's got the money to back it up, but he also has the commitment to telling the black story that he's had now for decades. So I'm really excited. if. His name is on it because I feel like he'll continue to tell that story. And we can say with the projects that he's developed of recent, they're evolving. They're getting better and better. And maybe they can make BET a relevant player again for telling our story the way that I feel like T V one has become.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And I'm and here's what I'm really excited about all of this, right? Is the fact that they're gonna be a twenty 2023- twenty-three version of BET because we know it needs to be updated right you yes, know yes. it doesn't need to look like it did back in the mid 90s because Indeed. times are different things are different now so we, are they going to put some some quality sports programming on there yes, have some, yes. some of us you know up here calling the games you know what yes. I mean so those are some of the things that I'm truly truly excited about we know Tyler Perry he always putting everybody on when he does his movie projects and everything like yes. that. So, And um, he loves I'm him some Atlanta. That. So that's just Absolutely. that.
1: Now, when you want to talk about, like you said earlier for the culture, now he is for the culture because we all know what he's done on that Fort Mac property. And he just continues to buy up yes. barren land to expand his studio. So they could potentially bring a lot of bt because back in the day i'll tell you this and then i know we got to wrap up but back in the day when monique had a show they used to do that show her bet night show they used to mm-hmm. do that show out of the the basement studios of turner turner studios slash turner sports wow. yeah because they okay. just really weren't properties here so they would just lease out a property it would be amazing if they were be, would be able to bring bet here in its Fullness, right? Because number yeah. one, this is Chocolate City. Number two, DC. We yes. still give you your props for being the original, but this is Chocolate City number two. It's ours
0: now. Sorry, sorry yeah, DC. yeah, yeah.
1: God, I'm not gonna fight with those folks. <laughs> I'm just gonna leave that alone. We just yes. we're in the conversation. We're yeah, we're, we're, Atlanta's will. in the conversation. But boy, oh boy, man, would that be a boost? I am sure that Mayor Andre Dickens is probably salivating right now. Like, oh man, if they get this, and Byron Allen, of course with the weather channel and other properties also has a vested interest in Atlanta. So what I'm hearing is cha-ching. And what I'm hearing is a potential win for Atlanta. So we'll keep you guys posted on whether or not this will continue to expand itself as black Hollywood. South.
0: Absolutely. A win for Atlanta is a win for all of us. Absolutely. Now, First of all, people, we want to just say thank you for making ATL Day 1 your first listen of the day. Why don't you stop by Locked On Sports today and make that your second listen of the day. They have all the national news, NFL draft, the new league year is about to get ready to start. So it's going to be quarterbacks moving around, all that stuff. Aaron Rodgers trying to figure out if he wanna. You know, go back into the dark or come to the light. We don't know. They got it all right there for you at the news of the take of the day. So make sure you check them out wherever you find this podcast. And last but not least, before we get out of here, people, I only ask you guys one thing. Well, actually multiple things, but this is the most important thing. I ask you guys to make sure if you don't do anything else that you share love, show love, and most importantly, spread love.